thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 10, verse 27, online campus. We're so glad you tuned in with us tonight, and uh, we're so thankful for everyone who is here. Please remain standing with us as it is our custom to stand for the reading of the word. And uh, if you don't have a a Bible, it's okay. Grab your, your iPad or your phone or look over at your neighbor's Bible. And I'm going to talk to you tonight. Um, This is the second installment of the series broke as a joke. And I want to make sure that what I say brings life to you and speaks to you. But Isaiah chapter number 10, verse 27 says this. In that day, his burden shall be taken away from off your shoulder. It's talking about the burden that the enemy puts on there. How many of y'all hate burdens? I hate them. I mean, I hate feeling down, depressed. I hate feeling upset, brokenhearted. And the Bible said his yoke, that God's going to take his yoke off off of your neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing oil. This is part two of Broke as a Joke, and let's pray together, and let's believe God to do some great things tonight. Father, I thank you for your goodness to all of us in this room, those watching on the internet and listening on the podcast. God, I pray tonight, Father, you would take this word and that you would use it to bring healing to somebody, that you would awaken somebody's soul and someone's spirit. God, I speak to the dry and thirsty soul who's here tonight, who's watching or who's listening. They're just craving your presence and craving like they used to have it. God, I pray tonight would be an awakening for them. God, I pray that you would squeeze the oil upon their head, God, tonight, and that they would sense your presence upon them, going with them and filling them. God, give us fresh oil, we ask tonight. Can you just ask them out of your own mouth? Give me fresh oil tonight, God. I'm so thirsty. I'm so hungry. Sunday was a great day, but it's a whole new day today, and I want something clean, new, and fresh from you, Holy Spirit. Awaken us tonight, we pray, in the name of Jesus, and the saints said amen and amen. Before you're seated, reach over to somebody and tell them, don't be broke as a joke. It's good. It's good. Thank you, Jesus. Praise team did a great job tonight. Can you give them a round of applause? They're so amazing. So amazing. God is God is so good. God is so good. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for that. Um, Isaiah ten chapter uh, chapter ten and verse twenty seven is a very familiar portion of scripture. How many of y'all have read that before? Heard that uh, quoted by lots of people? But there's such a heavy presence of the Lord in here, huh? It's like, what do you do with it? And I believe He's got something for you. So you know that's a hard part of a pastor when the presence of God shows up in a room to navigate through that because you know he's given you something for the people, uh, but you don't ever want to step in his way from doing what he wants to do, amen? And, uh, but I heard somebody say one time, too much spirit, you'll blow up. Too much word, you'll dry up. Uh, and, or no, not enough spirit, you'll dry up. Not enough word, you'll, something like that. But if you get the spirit and the word, you'll grow up. And tonight I want you to grow up. I want us to grow in maturity in the things of God. But Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, it literally means this. The powers of bondage are destroyed because of the anointing. And bondage, people who come to church, bondage won't be broken off of their life just because we have good music. 
Bondage is not broken off of people's lives because the preacher is very eloquent in his words. Bondage is not broken off of people's lives because so-and-so that's famous comes to preach in town. Bondage is not broken through a ministry and not brought through uh, uh, deliverance through a ministry because we shout loud, because we sing our favorite jam, or because we're baptized in the water on Sunday morning. Bondages are broken and Satan's power is destroyed only when a house is filled with a rich anointing. I don't know about you tonight, but I don't want to be broke as a joke. I want there to be rich anointing in my spirit. Come on in here. I want our church to have a rich fire in it. I want us to be wealthy in kingdom principles. I want to see signs and miracles and wonders, limbs growing out, eyeballs popping into sockets. I want to see demons coming out of Sunday, out of people's lives like we did on Sunday. And not for a television show, not for cameras, not for a commercial, but all for the glory of God so people can be changed. If you want it, I dare you to say it, God make us wealthy. Ephesians chapter number 3 and verse 8, Paul says this to the church of Ephesus, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches, the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus. I don't know where you're at with God, but I know where I'm at, and I've been crying out to God. I don't want to be broke as a joke. I want to be a multimillionaire in the spirit. Come on, I want my barn to overflow in the spirit. I want to be full of the riches and the wealth of heaven. If God has healing power there, I want it. If the glory there lights up the sun, lights up the day, and lights up the night, look at your neighbor and say, I want it. I want to be busting at the seams with the wealth of God. I want to be fat in my spirit. I want my buttons to be popping. I want my clothes in the spirit no longer fitting me. I want to be rich and wealthy and fat in the spirit. If that's you, I double dog dare you to get an agreement and say yes. I want to be a church that's spiritually rich. I want to be a church that's rich in presence. I want to be a church where people walk into the room and say, my God, I haven't felt this in decades. I want the anointing on our church. I want the glory on our church. I want healing upon our church. I want deliverance in our church. What's the mark of the healthy church? Signs, miracles, and wonders where you can feel the electric glory of God. I want it at LifeGate Church. I want the wealth of God. I know you do too. Come on and give the Lord praise for just a minute. See, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe that there should be an anointing in our atmosphere. I believe there ought to be an anointing on the preaching. I think the singing should be anointed. I think the prayer team who prays should have an anointing to pray. I think the kids' teachers shouldn't just be babysitting. I think they ought to have an anointing to teach the kids. I think the greeters should greet with an anointing that when people walk through them and they tell them hello, that captives are set free, that healings are released, that yokes are destroyed. It's the oil upon us that's going to make a difference. It's what's on us that's going to make a difference. And I want the oil on LifeGate Church. Say yes if you believe it to be true. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to get the oil. 
Zechariah the prophet, he said this, it's not by might. It's not how good we are. It's not by power. But it's by the Holy Ghost of God, the Spirit of the Lord. Well, what is this anointing oil? The anointing oil is the tangible presence and power of God. I don't know how some of you have never felt it and you don't want to feel it. I put a video of my daughter on social media and it's already going crazy. I mean, people are talking crazy. One guy said, that looks like a bunch of brainwashing to me. I said, well, that's what you want to call it. I want her to be brainwashed. Blood bought. Washed in the blood. Holy Ghost filled. I want the oil on her. Then the very next comment, somebody said, I just want you to know that I got delivered when I heard that girl pray. I'd rather have the oil on what I do than be a show. I'm not trying to be a show. This is not a program for performance. Somebody say, I want the oil. 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 It's the oil that's going to make the difference. Come on. It's the oil that's going to make that cancer shrivel up. It's the oil that's going to set the porn addict free. It's the oil that's going to set the meth addict free. I want the oil. God, give us the oil. Give us the oil, Jesus. I made up my mind, church. I love y'all. I made up my mind. I want the glory in our church. I don't, I, don't, I don't want us to play games with the Lord. I don't want us to live one way Monday through Saturday and then come in here and play church. You, you can feel when somebody's flat. And you can feel when they're anointed. Because when the anointing's on you, it's electric. Makes your hair stand on end. I, I've seen it make a six foot, 300 man full of, full of a hairy back crumble to his knees and cry crocodile tears. Make you buckle to your knees. It'll convict your soul of sin. It'll set you free in an instant. I've gone to people and say, hey, I got to apologize to you because I feel like in this moment I did something inappropriate. And they looked at me like and said, what are you talking about? That's silly. You shouldn't feel convicted about that. But if the Holy Ghost says it's wrong to you, you better obey the Holy Ghost. They can talk about you, call you crazy, say you ain't healthy. Let them say whatever they want to. I'm pursuing the Lordship of Christ in my life, and I want the oil of the Holy Ghost. I don't religion. I don't want to show. This ain't... I, I want the oil. The anointing can be felt. The anointing can be seen. It's power. It's strength. It's mighty ability in the Holy Ghost. I got on the phone and I started, well, I didn't call Dr. Hart. I just noticed from growing up hearing him. I got on the phone. I called a bunch of my mentors, but I remember Dr. Hart saying to us, Dr. Maurice Hart, who passed away 16, 17 years ago. He was my first pastor and the first one to ordain me as a minister of the gospel. 
And he used to say about the anointing, it is the unction to function for the believer. I reached out to my wife's first pastor and mentor her dad, Pastor Jeff Becker. And I said, I called him today. I texted him. I said, God, I said, Pastor, what is the definition of the anointing? He said, it's God's essence and power to set someone aside to be used by the master. What a definition. I called Bishop Hart and I said, I texted him, I said, what is your definition of the anointing? He said, it's the power that flows through you. Then I reached out to the general, Dr. Rod Parsley, and I said, what's your definition of the anointing? He said, it's when you're possessed by the Holy Ghost. You know, when somebody's possessed by a demon, When they're possessed by the Holy Ghost, they're, I want to be possessed. Boy, this is hard to preach through this today. I don't know if we should all just lay on the floor before the Lord or what we should do. I'm not the smartest one in the bucket. I, you know, I'm just flesh like you trying to hear the Holy Ghost. Psalm 133 tells us something pretty messy. Behold how pleasant and good it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon, watch the anointing, this is what the anointing's like, upon the head, running down to the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments, down to the body. Hand me that little bottle of oil there, baby girl. When we think of this story, we think of this. That's called religion. I'm not going to do it to you. I, I want you to smooch me, and I don't want that. Y'all, no, you, nope. That's Sunday morning relationship with the Holy Ghost. For oil to run down somebody's head, down into their big old thick Nicholas beard, down to their garments, you're talking about pouring the oil. Hold your hand up, Pastor Janae. Ain't nothing on that hand. Touch this bucket here. Ain't not, no, 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 nothing on there. When the Lord talks about the anointing, he's talking about smearing on you his glory and presence. That's what it means to paint and to smear. That's the Greek word. And we would liken it to this. Put your hand over that barrel, honey, because we come to the Lord completely dry. This is what religion makes us. No prayer, no Bible reading, playing games with God, the show of church. Come on, the biggest mask wearers go to church. You said, no, COVID's over. We stopped wearing our masks. No, we still wear them. The Lord wants us to be saturated in the oil. Every dry place. Every, lift your hand up, Pastor Janae. Every dry place saturated, anointed, anointed. Now, the reason why he makes the anointing this kind of a picture for the oil. Do you notice how careful she's being? She's only holding her hand over this bucket. You know why? Because she knows that if, don't move your hand, leave it right there. She knows that if she moves her hand this way, 
it's going to get all over the floor. If I were to tell Pastor Janae to walk down this whole front row and touch your face, it'd be all over your face. It'd be all over the chairs. It'd be all over the carpet. It'd be all over the stage going all the way down. We'd be able to see a trail of where Pastor Janae went because the oil that she was carrying became transferable. I don't know about you. I want some oil on us. I'm talking about the presence of God. I want the glory of God on my life. I want the presence of the Lord on my preaching. Come on in here. I want the anointing of the oil to fill the tabernacle of God. I want his presence here. So everywhere we go, we're life to others. Everywhere we go, we're saturating the atmosphere. We go to Walmart, the sick get healed. We go to the bank, the depressed get free. We go to our work, the anxiety leaves because it's destroyed because of the constant oil but you, you got to get under the fountain you got to perpetually get under the fountain you got to constantly go to the presence of God you got to constantly seek him seek me and you will find me when you seek with all of your heart a little dabble do you on Sunday will not work we got to go back to the fountain I want the fountain over my life. I don't know about you is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, listen, I've shifted. I've turned a corner in my life. I want revival. Come on, revival or ruin. Christ or chaos. I want revival. I want the oil. God, put your oil in our church. Open up the floodgates. Open up the fountain, God. We are ready. We are willing. We are yielded. You said, if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves, would call out to you, would seek your face, would turn from their wicked ways, that you would hear us from heaven, forgive our sin, and bring healing to the land God we ask you tonight to do it in the name of Jesus the name of Jesus now Pastor Janae I know you're going to do your very best but I want you to wipe your hand off with that towel I want you to wipe your hand off with that towel thank you Jesus Now, it doesn't matter how good she's tried to wipe that off of there. It's still full of oil. It's eventually going to dry up. And she'll have to go back to the fountain to get oil back on her hand. And that's what the anointing is. You see, in the Bible, they would anoint people with oil for one reason. To call them into, into consecration before the Lord as a priest before God. Secondly, they would anoint them as a king. And they wouldn't do any of this. They took a ram's horn. If they, were, if they were anointing by the flesh, they would take a flask. But when they would consecrate the priest, I hope this is making sense. When they would consecrate the priest, they would take an anointing ram sword and they would pour it over the priest and it would go upon their head and saturate their ephod all the way down to their golden threads down to their feet. And when they would walk around, they would look behind them and every place that the sole of their foot treaded was an oily footprint of the oil and the glory that was upon their life. I don't know about you, church, but what I, what I read about in the book of Acts, what I read about the glory and exodus of Moses' life, we're not seeing it in the American church today, but we're going to see it here at LifeGate on 2911 Blue Ridge Boulevard because I'm going after it. Come on. I'm hungry for the presence of God. I'm hungry to seek His face until I see Him. 
You know what's crazy, Pastor Janae, about this oil? You can sit down, honey. This is my sister. Appreciate her. You know what's crazy about that oil? That's expensive to get. You know, this olive oil, these are expensive. Now, my wife bought the cheapo one because she knew I was going to pour it out. But do you know that olive oil actually is bottled in green bottles for the good stuff? They do that so the UV rays don't affect the, the price of the oil. It's consecrated. It's separated. It's covering itself. It's causing itself to keep itself pure. Because it knows the price of the oil. Olive oil comes from nasty olives. If you like olives, we'll have deliverance for you after church. Of course, I'm just kidding. I think they're nasty. Some people like them. I like black ones, not these ones. I mean, they look like aliens or something. Does anybody like olives? Kaya, you can have this after church. I'm going to send this home with you. My seed to you tonight. Do you know how long it takes to get a bottle of olives? A minimum of three to five years. It takes an olive tree to become harvestable. It takes the seed of an olive tree, harvesting season for an olive tree. Once it's planted, it takes three to five years to get olives out of an olive tree when it's first planted. Then it goes into a very strategic process of harvesting the olive, of cleaning the olive, of crushing the olive, of pressing the olive then they take all of the pulp of the olives and they put them in these flat uh, uh, flat things and they start to squeeze as much as they can the oil to come out of the pulps it's a very expensive very strategic and very lengthy time to get the oil that we all love to cook with praise God there are processes what I'm trying to tell you tonight to activate the presence of God in your life. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, uh, go beyond. I just feel like, listen, I'm, kinda, I'm not even sticking to my notes here. I don't, sorry, Berto, you have to just deal with me, praise God. But I want to give you really quickly just a few things on how we can increase the anointing in our life. And MD, just stay right with me. That's, that helps me. Helps them too. They feel more connected. I sound more spiritual. And it feels... Anointed. You can feel the anointing on you, MD, with that. Ben does the same thing when he plays. Let the church say amen. amen. Number one, oil is produced, anointing is produced through crushing. Amen. There's no other way around it. An olive becomes an olive, and there's no oil out of that olive until you press it and until you crush it. The anointing oil is produced when you stand for Jesus, even when your heart's been completely crushed. The one thing I want to let you know today is what didn't kill you only made you oily. Hey, help me in here. Those things may have crushed your heart, but you're still here, and it didn't kill you. We carry an anointing with what the things that we went through in this life crushed us. Come on, Rachel. That thing on Sunday crushed your heart, but it's going to produce oil 
in the long run in here. I grew up without a father. I was a fatherless child. I was crushed in my spirit. So today I have an anointing to minister to fatherless children and single mamas because I know the pain. I know the toil. I know the anxiety. I know the fear. I know the insecurity all because it crushed my soul. Come on in here. So he sets us free so we can set other people free. So what didn't kill us only produced the oil. Number two, oil is produced by me pursuing the Holy Ghost over time. Olive oil isn't produced without somebody farming and producing those olives crushing them, pressing them, taking through the process of time. The Holy Ghost oil on our life is going to take longer than a three-minute prayer on Monday, and you don't talk to him again till Sunday. Oil will not increase in our life when we're feeding our flesh throughout the week and we come to God Sunday with the leftovers. Oil pursuit, Holy Ghost pursuit takes consistent time cultivating, molding, and pursuing. My question to you tonight is, what are you pursuing? What do you desire? The proof of desire is your pursuit. Where your checkbook is, where your focus is, where your vision is, that's what you're pursuing. I can't go a day, Elder Irene, I got to get in his presence. It's important to me. It's important to me to cultivate and chase a relationship with the Holy Ghost. Well, Pastor, we have all kinds of things we got going on. We all have time. Get up earlier. Put your phone down. Don't watch a Netflix movie. Grab McDonald's and cook dinner tomorrow. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. Come on in here. I called, I called Brother Daryl, Deacon Daryl, but I'm going to start calling him Desperate Daryl. How desperate are you tonight? Come on in here, church. How desperate are you for his presence? I'm not talking about on Sundays is an overflow of, overflow of what I do on, on, on the rest of the week. Either God honors it or he don't. Either I show up prayerless and there's no anointing or I show up full of prayer and there is anointing. I want his presence. We have to develop it. Number three, oil is produced by practicing. This is very important, y'all. Look at your neighbor, so you got to take notes right here. Oil is produced by practicing the presence of God. A lot of times in our life, when we go to pray, MD, it sounds like this, Lord, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Sugar daddy in the sky, 911 operator, Santa Claus, here's my wish list. And God is faithful. He is good. He, he answers our prayer. But if you want the oil, it takes a lot of this. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I'm going to stand right here and wait on you. I love you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. Today, I'm not asking you for anything. I just love you. I want to walk with you, talk with you. I want you to fill my heart, Lord. Lord, I want you to get the junk out of my life. 
I just want to be like you, Jesus. I love you, God. It's thrown on worship music. It's singing the worship music in your private time. So when you get to church on Sunday, it's a display in public of what you've been doing in private. I was looking around tonight, and, and, and I, I know that there's some that, that, that have been here for a long time, and, and, and we just stand. Where are you at with Jesus? Where are you at with the Lord? Are you practicing his presence? Jesus said, when you approach him, how are we to approach him? Our Father, who art in heaven. Come on, interns, fill in the next line. Come on. Hollywood. Before we ask him, before we ask him, deliver me from the devil, the devil been fighting me all night long. I've been tempted all day. Them people down there, them your people, God, get them, cut them, Jesus. No, he says, when we first come to the Lord, our Father. This is honor, y'all. It's on, honor is the elevator to the presence of God. You want more of his wealth in the kingdom? You want more of his spiritual riches? Honor him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That word fear is the word honor. Honoring God is the beginning of wisdom. When we honor God, he shows up. Our Father who art in heaven, worthy is your name. Just lift your hands right now and tell him, worthy is your name. Come on, tell him, worthy is your name, God. Worthy is your name. Number four, oil is produced by mixing prayer with fasting. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, when you give, when you fast. On the Sermon on the Mount, he said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Does our fasting consist of trending church culture? What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, we just fast at the beginning of the year like every church on the planet. Or is fasting a part of our lifestyle? What is fasting? Is telling your flesh, absolutely not today. Nope. Phone, I'm not on you today. Dessert, I ain't having you today. Taquitos, I love you so much. Chalupa, I have a relationship with you. But not today. That's hard. How much more oil do you want? Because for me, I want to get into the fountain. I want to be saturated in the presence of God. And then number five, oil is produced through consecration, through sanctification through holiness. God told Samson's mama, he said, Samson is going to walk in deliverance, but the oil that I'm putting on him requires him to live a higher standard. With oil, he will be a weapon. Without the oil, he will be common like everyone else. I live by this principle, Pastor Janae, and you've seen it. You've been, you've been around me enough to know. Others may be able to do it. I can't do it. So why, Pastor? I want the anointing. Will it send them to help? Nope. I don't think so. I don't know. But I want the oil. I want the presence. I want the glory. 
I want to read to you a few scriptures here. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want you to go there with me if you can. They're going to have it up on the screens, I believe, if you don't. Uh, yep, there it is. Praise God. Everybody give Berto a round of applause. And uh, he got that up, for, up there for me, but actually Leanne is running it, so give Leanne a round of applause. She's doing a great job. Listen to the words of Paul. This is 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. What friendship does God's temple have with demons? Who's the temple of the Holy Spirit? I am. That's right. Who's the temple of the Holy Spirit? I am. That's it. Who's the temple of the Holy Spirit? I am. Who's the temple? I am. Who's the temple? We temple, we house the house, we house the presence and the person, Holy Spirit. For indeed, we are the temple. We are the temple of the living God, just as God has said. I will make my home in them and walk among them. I will be their God. They will be my people. For this reason, for this reason, this is why we have to come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch that what is unclean and I will embrace you. When does God embrace us? According to this, when does God embrace us? Come on, help me, guys. When we stop touching unclean things. Legalism! Religious! Do you know that not all religion is bad? James said pure religion and undefiled before God is this. Not all religion is bad. That person's got a spirit of religion. Well, you got a big old plank in your eye. Touch not the unclean thing and I will embrace you. I will be a true father to you. He's a father when we stop touching the unclean thing. You will be my beloved sons. When? When you stop touching the unclean thing. Says who? Says the Lord Yahweh. Beloved ones. This is the very next verse. With promises like these and because of our deepest respect and worship of God, we must remove, we must, not God's going to do it. We must remove everything from our lives that contaminates both body and spirit. Y'all are quiet all of a sudden. And continue to complete the development of what? Holiness. Where? Within. Who completes it? We do. Who is the keeper of the temple? I was reading this story a long time ago about when Jesus cast a demon out of somebody. He began to tell a story and said, demons go throughout the earth when you cast them out. And they look for a house to, to dwell. They'll come back after you cast them out and they'll look in the house that they came out of and they'll look to see if that house is swept and clean. Y'all remember this story? And he said if the house is swept and clean, he goes and gets seven of his buddies. He comes back and he jumps in that house. Here's a question that the Lord asked me this last week. How did that demon know that that house was empty? He knew that house was empty because the door was open. If we want more of God, we want more oil, what do we have to do? We have to close the doors of everything that's contaminating our soul, our body, and our spirit. Why? Hebrews tells us, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be what? What effort are we to make? We're to make an effort to be what? Because without it. The oil will not flow. You can't see him. Church, I've made up my mind. As your pastor, I'm chasing his glory. Come on in here. I'm chasing his presence. 
I'm not chasing his hand. I'm not asking him to give me things. I'm chasing his face. You say, well, pastor, the Bible said no man can see his face and live. That's right. I'm trying to die to me. I want to live a fasted lifestyle. I want to seek his face. I want to die to this stupid flesh so I can see his presence, see his glory. And that his anointing begins to swell in this room. If that's you and you don't want to be a church that's broke as a joke and you want the oil to flow freely and you want the fire of God in this church, on this people, on this ministry, if you're ready to repel being broke as a joke, I dare you to stand up on your feet, lift up your hands and begin to sing unto the Lord a song that only you can sing. Come on, lift up your voice.